In a world where we're constantly told that men are from Mars and women are from Venus and never shall the two understand each other, I know there's another way. This is what happens when Venus and Mars unite. Tune in for conversations about masculine and feminine embodiment in ourselves and in the world around us, relationships, marriage, parenthood, love, purpose, dating, and everything in between. This is the Venus and Mars podcast, and I'm your host, Anya Shack. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today I'm excited to do my first solo episode and I want to talk about something that I think is really, really important that is misunderstood, not known, and it's a huge gap in our society and that is the term masculinism. So I think etymology is really important and sometimes in our culture we just don't even know how to talk about things because we don't have the right words and so we're missing things that are really relevant to kind of move us forward and help get us to this more harmonious place, specifically as that's my passion, right, with gender and sex and men and women kind of understanding each other better and working together. So what is masculinism? Okay, what is this word? Where did it come from? Why do we need it? So here's the thing. There's a really big gap because a lot of times in our culture right now, we've got the word feminism, being kind of placed next to the word masculinity. Feminism versus masculinity, all of this kind of heat and animosity. And those two words don't actually go together at all. They shouldn't be together because feminism is a movement, whereas masculinity is a life force. It's almost like a verb. It's a very personal, individual activity, behavior, sense of self. And it, it's not a movement, right? It doesn't denote a group of people. It actually is genderless. <laughs> it is very much about being a life force. So I'm going to define that. When you think about feminism versus masculinity, in my brain, it's kind of like a seesaw. It's like feminism, we don't really know what that is because there's so many different ways of thinking about it and different subgroups that are a little bit intense and some like neo-feminism going on, which is really far away from the pure purpose of what feminism was meant to do, the movement masculinity we've got on the other side. It's like the seesaw effect. It's people will talk about traditional masculinity, toxic masculinity, all these different ways to see masculinity, which are not masculinity at all. So my intention here with this quick little intro is to fill the gap, introduce masculinism and how it can be used in a positive way to kind of move us forward. So first off, before I jump in, Imagine a wheel, right, instead of a seesaw. And imagine this wheel kind of divided into four areas, kind of like little pieces of the pie, right? So each of these four pieces of the pie are one, feminism, two, masculinism, three, femininity, four, masculinity. These are four terms, and femininity and masculinity should sit together because they're complements, and masculinism is actually the true complement of feminism. So I'll get into that. Jumping in, I just love research. I love to find the root causes of things. And I've been doing some uh, specific reading into one of my favorite authors' books, Iron John, a book about men. So I'm talking about Robert Bly, and he is the man. I won't go too in-depth because I meant to uh, leave this little episode as a bit of an intro. But he essentially is dubbed as the father of masculinism, father of the men's movement. He did a lot of work in the 80s and 90s. And his real vision, I guess, thesis statement really is that masculinity 
broke in the West uh, post-industrial revolution, right? It became flawed and skewed. We had a huge breakdown because men were leaving their families, they were leaving their farms, and they went off to work in factories. And they, the, the point of that is that they became absent. They became absent from their families and specifically from their sons. So masculinity requires a very, very tight bond between the elder men and the younger men. Uh, in a very important decades and decades long experience of teaching, of initiation, of real truth and learning about manhood. And that was kind of broken in the West. And so we had this like lone wolf kind of attitude become a thing as we saw like in the 50s post World War II. And yeah, essentially, we just saw so much lone wolf um, energy, and there's so much to kind of talk about, but I'll, I'll kind of move right along when I get to masculinism and how we can use that. So to do that, I want to share this root cause. I love to kind of go back into mythology and what happened, what could have possibly happened on a mythological, emotional, cultural level. Bly, in his book, Iron John, talks about how, you know, in the West, the sky kind of belongs to men, right? Father God, right? The God in the sky. And the, and the earth belongs to women, earth mother. Now, there's nothing wrong with these two phrases. But when you just have that, it's almost like they become gendered. And men identify with the sky and with power. And they forget about their identity with the earth. And women identify with the earth. And they forget about their identity with the sky and that power. So he talks about how the Egyptians actually had four specific gods. They had two for the sky, they had two for the earth, and they had a masculine and feminine, both in the sky and both in the earth. So we knew Ra, the sky father, and Isis, the earth mother, but prominent in every Egyptian story were the other two, Nut and Geb. Nut, the sky mother, and Geb, the, the earth father. These were really important because it helped the Egyptians, men and women, find their connection to both energies. Then he goes on to say, the Greeks and then the Europeans after them lost track of the full complement of four gods and preserved only the memory of two. When we remember only two, the sex is polarized, they begin to seem opposite, and they become kind of like adversaries. So men became identified with sky, and women became identified with earth. So... All that to say, it's a great, just kind of like, aha, okay, you know, here's what happened. The Europeans kind of stuck to this really clear distinction and separation. And it's, it's even true. I've heard many stories from a uh, wonderful man who talked about how when the, the Europeans actually came to the native lands, to the Americas, they kind of had their men there, right? But the, the natives went to actually meet with the Europeans with both men and women. They were governed with a matriarch and a patriarch together. But the Europeans were like, we don't deal with women, right? So they only, they had to just kind of bring their men. So even the natives were kind of in touch with this idea that it's the matriarch and the patriarch both kind of ruling together and being in touch with both elements of the earth and the sky. So I just love that little story. And then I just want to jump straight into the modern context of masculinism. So in order to understand that, we have to kind of understand what masculinity is in the first place. And it's none of the kind of modern things that we've heard, toxic masculinity, it's this, it's 
being aggressive with your voice. It's like controlling people. It's domination. None of that is masculinity at all, right? It's, it's very wounded masculinity. Simply put, what masculinity is, it is based on the yang elements of the world, of the earth. It's about pursuit, pursuit of a goal, achieving results, giving, it's very generous, assertive, being rational-brained, provisional, protecting yourself in the community, and being driven by the sun. That's all it is. So the feminine is the complement of that. It's the yin elements. It's all about receiving, flowing, being in touch with nature, right? Being lit up by the moon, being driven by the moon. It's the feelings brain. It's intuition. It's all of these wonderful complements of the yang. And so in the West, it's very clear that the feminine, the yin elements were completely denigrated, dismissed, thought of as not as good, and they were, were suppressed and, and just pushed down, both in women and also within men, the feminine that was and lives and is meant to live within men, right? That, their connection to the earth. As that happened, it became very clear, especially in the West, just how much it was also men that needed to get back in touch with those yang elements. And that's what Robert Bly's entire purpose was. So he got so much slack for his movement, for taking men out into the forest, for working with men, for making sure that men were healing, opening up, kind of getting back in touch with their emotional selves, and also um, learning how to be self-sufficient, be, be provisional, but with a purpose, right? Not just in order to acquire as many goods as possible to compete with the guy next door, right? So he was doing all that, but people thought that he was taking away from the women's movement. He, people thought he was taking away from feminism. But the truth is, is his motives were actually quite feminist in that by getting men back in touch with who they are, the fullness of themselves, they're taking the emotional labor off of the women in their lives because for so long men were just completely out of touch and men didn't have anyone to turn to the elders were gone there were no initiations that's how it's been so they have been turning to mothers and wives and sisters and girlfriends as their emotional labor and Bly actually argued that by getting men together and this movement of masculinism would actually support women in their feminism. So that's kind of where I want to jump into those second terms, the second grouping of terms. Feminism is a movement that came about during the 60s, and it's all about supporting women in their right to freedom, expression, advancement. It's really about honoring and upholding the values of femininity and making that come alive again, bringing that out of the suppression that it was under for so long in the West. So it's so beautiful. It's about empowering women to realize the fullness of who they are, their identities. And it's so incredible. And I love that kind of raw, kind of, I guess, natural and original definition of feminism. So that's what I believe it to be, and that's why I believe in this work so much. Now, we have this entire movement to help feminism and to help women realize the fullness of who they are, but we're missing an entire term, an entire movement, an entire um, space to help men realize the fullness of who they are as well, and that is what masculinism is. So because there's this kind of anger and 
hatred and sense of demeaning men in our culture, especially in the West, the need or the idea that we need a term like masculinism isn't very popular. But actually to further feminism, (laughs) to further our whole gender conversation, to further this kind of harmony, we really need that term masculinism. And so I've defined it and I want to uh, read it to you guys and kind of leave it at that. Just hopefully you've kind of, so you've hopefully been able to kind of get a little bit of an intro. So masculinism, as it sits with feminism, is a movement that came about during the 80s. Its truest intention was just to get men back in touch with the yang elements within them. It argues that the Western industrial complex had just as much of a harmful effect on men as it did on women. It cut them off from their hearts, their purpose, their generous giving nature, and made life this kind of crazy race about who could acquire more without a reason behind it, right? Greed, power, hunger, all of that. So masculinism is actually about empowering men to realize the fullness of who they are and their identities, just like feminism does for women. And it has to be there. We need this term. There's no other way around it. So, you know, my final thought really is it's just so funny to me that These movies that we watch, like Braveheart and The Last of the Mohicans and even Game of Thrones, these like masculine heroes, right? These men are so deeply in touch with their emotions. Otherwise, they would literally not understand or know why they're fighting, what they're fighting for. So masculinism is that. It's getting men back in touch with that, trusting themselves, connecting to the earth. And for all of us, these terms, feminism, masculinism, understanding that how different those two are from femininity and masculinity is all about getting us back into that place where the Egyptians were, where they had all four gods. They had both genders, both sexes in touch with the sky and with the earth. So I'm going to leave it at that. Hopefully those four terms are clear to you now and uh, you're able to think about them. And I hope this has left you with something to think about on related to those four terms.